Hi, this is John Murphy, and this is Comic Picks by the Glick. Here's your host, Jason Glick. Yes, and here I am. And this week, instead of just like me randomly picking three series to talk about, I'm just going to talk about like a particular theme this week. And this theme is just like what I call the spectrum of good comics. Series that kick ass? <laughs> Technically, yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> ideally, yeah, but you see there's all kinds of good comics. I mean, there's like, there's comics that, like, you know, you can show to everyone that everyone can enjoy. And there's the kind of comics that like, you know, like you read and enjoy, but really have no real value beyond just being entertaining. And then you've got the kind of comics that like are good for you. Like they're, they're, they're meant, they're good, like they're like art, you know. You watch it, you enrich yourself. But generally, yeah, this is thing like, you know, it's like they're not entirely enjoyable themselves. Like, yeah, you might feel you'd be a better person after reading this, but you're kind of like, they kind of come off as medicine sometimes. <laughs> well, what's our first dose of medicine today? Okay. Well, I wouldn't like, well, fortunately, this case, like, after reading, I wouldn't necessarily call it, go so far, so far as to call it medicine. <laughs> but let me, after describing it, let me tell you what I think. Basically, this is, um, what I've got here is the, is, um, the complete Persepolis. It's this um, is, uh, everything in one volume. Persepolis. Yes, it's two okay. vol. It was originally two volumes, and they combined it to one. After the movie came out, the animated movie came out earlier, late last year, was nominated for a Academy Award. Sweet. Okay, this is this is written and illustrated by Marjan Satrapi, and she and it's basically this her her autobiographical story of growing up um, in Iran. Now she came came of age at a time the Islamic during the time the Islamic Revolution was going on. And so you get to see her as a young, young kid, like seeing it all this the revolution through the eyes of a young kid. So the Islamic Revolution that happened in Iran, and it's uh, when, like in the sixties or late something? late seventies, late seventies. Okay, it's when the fun, fundamentalists took control. I uh, gotcha. The whole Ayatollah Khomeini thing. Yes, already gotcha. Yeah, and you get to see see her her growing up in this time of like of warfare, like after like after the um, after Iraq attacks, mm -hmm. like she sent off to. She she sent off sent out to Europe and Austria, okay. and she was she like ones of growing up growing up there later on, and then eventually coming back to to Iran, find out that basically she, that after she like gets tried go, going go, growing up there even more, like going going to school, getting married, and then she, then she finding out that you no know, like it's not that life under the rule there just isn't for her, then she decided to leave, leave the country for good. So this is more like a historical fiction than... No, not, not, not fiction at all, actually. It's really? A, it's basically autobiography. Oh, okay. Like she's, she's selling her life story here. Did you mention that before and I just missed it? <laughs> I think I did, but okay. uh, that'll probably come out once we listen to it again. Yeah. Anyway, basically, it's like... I had, I've been put off reading this for years because I, well, I've heard about the series. At first, it was pretty good. The idea of like like a, a young woman's like life struggle growing up under the um, fundamentalist rulers of Iran just kind of like, you know, this is probably going to be good for me. But it sounds like medicine, like something that I'm gonna like look and say, "Oh, it's great." But you know, so I'm gonna read this once, and yeah, this is good, and I'm gonna put it on my shelf, never bother with it again. Hmm. I actually decided to give it a chance once the I heard tried hearing about the movie, and I heard that basically it's actually somewhat more lighthearted than you'd think because she's a very idiosyncratic. She has a very idiosyncratic personality. Like as a kid, she was talking about how her constant conversations with God and how she's gonna become a prophet. It's it's really. Those parts are really cute, and then you get to hear about her growing up in, going to high school outside in in Austria, and then how she became the school's drug dealer for a for a period of time. And you realize this is this is kind of funny. I mean, it's like she's a very very free free spirited, resourceful person, and you can see that how once she goes back to Iran later in her life, that she event why she eventually decides to leave it again. 
Now, did you see the movie? I didn't see the movie. But how does it, did most people compare it to this, to the movie? Well, see, this came out before it, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Thing is, like, she actually, um, Marjan Satrapi actually co-directed the movie version. Uh Aha. Yeah, so, like, I'm, I'm imagining that, even though, like, I can't imagine they, they managed to cram the entire book into the movie, it follows it very, very closely. And, like I said, it's very good, but I think the film, book's greatest achievement is the, a great job of humanizing, like, the, the, the inhabitants of Iran, because, yeah, you hear, yeah, with all, all the, with all the fact that the um the nation's been in the news lately, you mm-hmm. kind of, you figure like, no, we don't want to attack them because like, yeah, you know, it's like it's ideologically wrong. But then you re- read this and you realize that you know, it's like they're not all like crazy fundamentalists. Um, people want to see us. I mean, they're really not all that different from us. Like they're only right. different. They're actually human. They have a human <laughs> face. Yeah, I mean, it's horrible for me to say this. Say this like that. I probably that's that's kind of like that. I didn't. That I didn't really think that way before reading this, but looking at this, I'm realized like, yeah, you know, it's like, that's, it's like they're they really do they're, like they're really not all that all that different from us in terms of mentality, what they like, and just how they want to li- how they want to live their lives. Right, kind of um like I think during the Cold War, well, when I was a kid, you know, there was still the USSR was the enemy. It's like, oh mm-hmm. well, yeah, all Russians are the enemy, you know. But then you start hearing stories, and it's like. Well, maybe they're not, you know, so yeah. maybe, they're, maybe they're just human beings and they're just under a totalitarian rule. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you wind up finding out, I think. Yeah, look at, yeah so looking at this, I, re- just, re- I just realized, like, how much similar, like, they, like all peop- the inhabitants of Iran are, like, to the re- to rest of us. And yeah, it's like, you probably think, it's like, well, good job, Jason. I'm glad you fi- <laughs> finally come to this realization about five or ten years, like, um, after the rest of the world has realized this. But, hey, you know, it's like, if this, this book is what it did for me. It's like, it's automatically required reading for anyone who um, still thinks we should probably go to war with go go to war with them and just like fight fight and like burn out the country in order to bring democracy to them? Yeah, I think that uh, at the very least it puts a you know a human face to it, and you're you're able to understand their perspective on you know how they live their life and everything else. You know, exactly. Okay, there's nothing really bad about the story itself, but it's like it's it's my autobiography, so it's like it sort of kind of like rambles like for for a while. I mean, it's like goes at its own pace and just like you're. Like it, not everything is fully explained, so like some people might have issues with that. And the art, like I said, it's not very detailed at all, but it's got it's full of character, and she does a great job of like getting the story across. Across it. is it a is it a color volume? Oh no, it's black. It's black and white. Okay, black and white. Yeah. And so who? yeah, if you got issues with that. Well, uh, I don't know what to say, but still, <laughs> it's like it's not. I didn't find it detracted at all from the experience. Yeah. Well, you read pl- plenty of manga, and uh, yeah. manga, most manga is black and white. So that's true. So. Cool. So what yeah. you got up next? Yeah, next, well, we're going way to the other end of the spectrum, which oh, is right. something that basically has the um, nutritional, the comics nutritional equivalent of eating a, dicker, uh, a dinner of nothing but, consisting of nothing but Snickers bars. Snickers bars. I speak, of course, of <laughs> Deadpool versus the Marvel Universe. Okay, now I could probably go on, like, for an entire podcast about the origins of the characters behind behind it and the series itself. But let me just say that but Deadpool is basically a mercenary who's got a very... Who basically went through the same Weapon X program that um, Wolverine went through uh, in order to cure his cancer? It didn't quite work. It's like even though he's got a healing factor, it basically like ruined it, ruined his um his good looks, and also caused him to go insane as well. Ew. So he's basically he just uh, describes the merc- mercenary with the mouth, and he's because basically allows him his insanity allows him to be like colorful, like comment colorfully on all sorts of things that that happen outside of the fourth wall in his comic his comics as well. Now, Deadpool vs. the Marvel Universe basically collects the last eight issues of the Cable and Deadpool series. The reason it's called Deadpool vs. the Marvel Universe is because, well, 
Marvel decided that, hey, we want to give Cable his own series again. So they went and killed him in the Mary Marvel manner, and Deadpool's left to finish out the um, last eight issues of their series by himself. Hmm. This means that instead of, like, teaming up with Cable, now he's teaming up with all sorts of other characters in the Marvel Universe. So you basically have um, issues of team-up stories with, with Wolverine, the Fantastic Four, Doctor Strange, Brother Voodoo, Kazar, and a host of other um, Mary Marvel characters. And well, I'm not I'm not going to argue that this series is, comes anywhere near, anywhere approaching um, the level of art in any sense of the word. It is still quite entertaining thanks to um dead thanks to Deadpool's like const, constant witty observations, um courtesy of writer Fabian Nicieza, and um artist and artist um Riley Brown and Ron Lim's um fairly entertaining art that does a good job of conveying the story and has some great comic moments as well. The series really only falters in the um, Doctor Strange and Brother Voodoo team-up issues, where you get also the um, mystical gobbledygook that um that tends to come hand in hand with all these Marvel characters, where they talk about, oh, I'm going to visit the seventh seventh of the hoary hosts of Hoggoth and stuff like that, and you're just wondering like, well, okay, you're just saying you're saying all this crazy stuff because like make it sound more important, and like that's 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 just really annoying. But the series also really shines in the last two issues when. When um, writer Fabian Nicieza turns over turns the plotting over to artist Riley Brown, and like he has some really great action series where Deadpool um, teams up with Gazard to fight a whole bunch of zo- whole bunch of um, dinosaurs in the Savage Land, <laughs> and then as after he fights these um, dinosaurs, he actually winds up sending them to the Genosian Embassy in in New York, right after the um, Mighty Avengers have um, fought an outbreak of the Venom um, symbiote virus that has. Basically, like turn a whole bunch of people like Venom, Venom symbiotes, like Spider-Man's arch enemy. Right. And actually, like once the dinosaurs show up, they get infected with the symbiote as well. So you got a bunch of like that Venom dinosaur symbiotes fighting New York. Awesome. Yeah, and it's it's completely <laughs> and utterly ridiculous. But there's yeah. lots of great, great comic effect, mm-hmm. comic moments here, and it does actually does a really good job of like providing closure to this series after 50 issues. Mm. Like, I mean, it's a little on the expensive side at at 25 bucks. But hey, it's like if you're a fan of Deadpool, it's it's really a no-brainer. Like you want to have this in collection, and if you like good like Marvel Marvel humor superhero comics, definitely fall. I definitely recommend it on that level as well. Okay, so that's our Snicker bars lunch. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's like no nutritional value at all, but still, Dan, if it isn't tasty, that's it. Okay, now as far as the special goes, the gun from the art style to the um, junk food style, mm-hmm. right in the middle is the stuff that is going to appeal to everyone. Well, in this case, I probably should have brought something that would appeal to everyone. Mm. Instead, you're probably going to want to, if you have strong religious convictions, particularly if you're a Christian, you're probably going to want to steal well clear of this. Everyone else is probably going to think this is the most awesome thing ever. I seek, of course, of Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon's Preacher. Mm-hmm. Hands down, one of the greatest comic books I have ever read. And it's also one of the series that whenever I show it, whenever I have friends who say, you know, comic books suck. I said, hey, you know what? Go read this. Then tell me what you think. <laughs> Invariably, they come back, come and say, dude, this actually was pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, because Preacher, it's a story of, of Texas preacher Jesse Custer, who one day finds, finds himself bonded to the angelic demonic force known as Genesis. This gives him the power known as the word of God, which allows him to, to say, like, anything he says, you have to obey. Hmm. And so... Yeah, and so after getting this power, he hooks up with his he winds up hooking up with his ex-girlfriend and an Irish vampire named Cassidy to go on a nice road trip looking for God. Mm-hmm. 
Why are they looking for God, you ask? That's because um, God has abandoned his, his post in heaven and is now wandering the earth. <laughs> and so once Jesse hears about this, he's like, hey, you know what? God's an asshole. We're going to go find him, make him answer for what he's done. <laughs> Personal vengeance, huh? Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, and this brings, brings him, takes him on a wild tour all through, throughout most of the America and also other parts of the world. Just just like in doing all sorts of crazy things. Says, and you get to find out, and like really the genius about the series is that it's it could have easily come off as exploitative shock value, if not for the fact that, that Ennis and Dylan really do an... And Emerald Child like um, of topping themselves with every single issue. I mean, it's like you just you just think that once you see like um Jesse's Jesse's family, like the like the crazy I'm gonna make a man out of you um character of his uncle Jody, the the really scary um dried up so, dried up soul and looks of his grandma Marie, and the I'm gonna have sex with anything that moves mentality of his uncle TC. Um, you just think, you see that and you think, man, this. Really can't get any worse, you know. But he does. He made out even crazier stuff, like the um, ten, like the thousand, like the thousand, like all the like the uh, the inbred descendant of Jesus Christ, um, cannib- cannibals who make um, his arch nemesis wipe their own ass, <laughs> and the it's like and the scene of killers, the um force the force un- awoken by the angels in order to um take out um Jesse Custer and get and separate him from the from the Genesis force himself. Hmm. Really, like it's, it's. I can't say. On one hand, it's like it does a good job of like straddling line between you know it's like exploitation that, ex- exploitation that like um just it's stuff that just avoids exploitation through its through its ideas or just art that actually has a lot of like um dick jokes in it as well. <laughs> but still, it's like it's it's one of those series that like you you once you start reading it, you gotta go, man, I gotta keep reading this. This is gonna, I gotta know what happens next. Like it just keeps getting better and better. And it's like, and uh, also the, um, it's like, well, Ennis's script uh, has lots of great, great memorable witty one-liners. Um, Dylan's art is like really some of the best you'll see in a, in a Vertigo title because, oh, DC Vertigo, which is, that's the imprint that publishes. Right. Mm-hmm. Because Dylan, Steve Dylan, he's, you know, he's not big on, he's not good on the whole fantasy aspect of stuff. He's re- really a very expressive artist. Like his characters, like you'll, like you can see the emotions in their faces better than just about any other artist in the business mm. and really it's nine volumes long and in mm. all honesty unless you unless you're really unless you're like um devout christian who like really has deep has deep deep issues with someone um take, taking issue with your with your god and and like tweaking his tweaking his um benevolence or or his mm. um his, his motives, then you're gonna then you're gonna want to have this in your library, no question at all. Gotcha. So that's like three. You said it was nine volumes. Yes, it's nine volumes. I have and I have three right here because um ah. Brian was Brian our, our tech guy was here. I yes. give him he wanted to borrow this. That's so. right. That's right. Well, yeah. cool. So yeah. that that's uh that's right in the middle. Yeah, that's right in the middle. It's like like I said, it's something you want to so you will want to have in your library no matter what. Gotcha. So with that, I think that that's it. Yeah, that's it for now. And it's like, hey, come back next week for another themed podcast. All right, later.